You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, equipping you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. We are here with Nicole Kramer, a sales coach for health coaches and owner of Healthy Steps with Nicole. I'm going to let Nicole introduce herself and tell us more about her story and how she got where she is now because it's interesting and I think you, Nicole, can tell it to us best. But today we're chatting about the four things you need to know about overcoming objections, and then just all things sales. So I'm super excited about this episode because Nicole is a wealth of knowledge and it's going to be super helpful for you. So make sure you have your notebook out or a pen and paper or whatever to take notes because I have a feeling you are going to need it. So hi, Nicole. Welcome to Behind the Design. Hi, Olivia. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on here and talk to you. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited. And for those of you listening, Nicole and I met through Jessica Marks, who's my business coach, who actually we did a interview with her a few months ago. So, or actually probably a few weeks ago. So if you haven't yet listened to that episode, but we do have that mutual connection. Yeah. Jessica's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I'm so happy that she introduced us because when I found out that you also are so passionate about the health and wellness world, um, that got me really excited. And I'm just always so happy when I find out that we have more people that are in that camp because the world needs us right now. And, um, you know, we're all going through different health issues and health concerns. I think our, our entire world has compromised health in the name of convenience and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just some of the, the modern things that we've, that we've gone to out of convenience, out of, you know, novelty have actually taken us in the wrong direction. And, and I think health coaches are here to help lead people back and, and claim their power over their health and feel better and live the life that, that they really desire to live. Um, and I, I look at health coaches as the grassroots army that's helping make that happen. So yeah always excited to meet somebody else in this world who is doing the good work and helping people feel better about the life that they're living. So excited to know you and excited to be here today to talk about something that I know a lot of people don't like talking about. (laughs) And it's funny to me that this is, um, you know, we, we can all look back at our, at our life and see the through line, but it's not necessarily the straight path that we thought we would take to get places in our life and and mine is no exception. So I, I did not know that I would actually be a sales coach for health coaches, but I started off my, my whole life. I've loved um, health and wellness and, you know, as a lifelong athlete and I went to college to become a high school teacher Mm -hmm. and did that for 15 years and then decided I really just loved the idea of working in sales because I was a lifelong athlete. So competition always got me excited. And the idea that sales was like a big competition was like, Oh, this is so cool. Let me try this out. Mm -hmm. So I jumped from education into sales. And my one goal was to be number one in the nation. I had no idea what that actually meant. I had no idea if I could actually make it happen. I had never sold a thing in my life, but I was bound and determined because I had had friends who talked about who, who were in the world of sales, who had talked about 
you know, oh, I'm number one in the nation or, oh my gosh, I maxed out my bonus this year or, oh, I just hit three quarters in a row. And it just always sounded so excited, you know, exciting. Yeah. And I was like, I, I want to be a part of that world where I can take control over how hard I work and that determines the amount of money I make. And it just sounded really exciting. And I was in a totally different money mindset back then. And, you know, just again, what it was, it was all about being number one for me. That's why I went into sales. And lo and behold, despite the odds, I did it. And I did it uh, rather quickly for, um, you know, who I was in the position that I was in without ever having sales experience. And I shot to the top in a company full of people who had done this for a really long time. And once I got to that level and I was number one out of all the people in, in my company, I was like, let me do it again. You know, <laughs> it was like so exciting. I'm going to go for yeah. that. And I did it again. And during that time, I also got my health coaching certification. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my, besides being number one in the nation, when I went to a sales career, I also wanted to become a health coach and I wanted to do that with my very first bonus that I got. So that was my gift to myself. When I got my first bonus, yeah, so that was like my reward. That's how I celebrated. Now, in the meantime, like I said, I went on to, to do this a second year in a row and be number one. And that was also when I finished my health coaching certification and all, everything kind of just came to. I don't want to say came to an end, but it was really weird because after the second year of, of being number one, I kind of, I realized that there were some things missing in my life and I wasn't sure what it was. And I wanted to start my health coaching career. And what I was doing is a lot of the people I'd gone to school with to become a health coach weren't doing anything with their certification, but it's because they were afraid of selling. Right. And they kept saying, I don't feel comfortable with it. Like, I, I know I want to help people, but I just hate the idea of like, you know, of overcoming objections. And I wish I didn't have to say, I heard all these, these things all the time that were basically holding people back from using their certification mm -hmm. to change the world. And they set out to become a health coach because they had these big dreams and they were excited and wanted to really help people. And then they weren't doing it. And so I was helping them by, by just teaching them what I knew about sales. And finally, a friend of mine said, you know, you should do this. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you should, you're helping all of us. You should help health coaches do this. Like, we don't know how to sell. And it got me really excited because I realized I could either be a health coach and help people one-on-one -on -one and, and change the world that way. Or I could take a skill that I have that I've been so blessed to have acquired through my experience in the corporate world and use it to help countless health coaches. And actually make an even bigger impact on the world's health, um, you know, kind of like the domino effect. And so that's how I got into sales coaches, coaching for health coaches. And it really lights me up knowing that what I'm doing every day is sharing a gift that I have with people who don't have it and don't know it. But it's the only thing that's holding, <clears throat> excuse me, that's holding them back from going out there and changing the world and reaching the people who need them. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think there's so many things that you just said that really resonated with me. And I know definitely resonated with our listeners is you, you know, most people kind of stumble across a career and it kind of evolves over time. And a lot of people do go into entrepreneurship. Like I know I was a lifelong athlete as well, and I still am extremely competitive and mm -hmm. entrepreneurship gives you that competitive edge, right? You know, like you're mm -hmm. competing to try to get that client or you know, outreach, but I don't think that when people go into entrepreneurship, at least a lot of people, they don't realize how much they have to sell. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that at all. When I went into my business, it was like, Oh, I have this skill and I want to have more free time. <laughs> like right. this business. And then I was like, 
holy shit, I'm going to have to sell and marketing. Like sales and marketing yep. are the backbone of your business. And yep. that's why like, I'm so like everything that you just said, I'm so excited to dive deeper into because especially coaches, they don't like to sell. And right. my clients, a lot of my clients struggle with this where they have like their programs are amazing and they, they have great online platforms, but it's when they get on the sales call that they're like, Oh, don't worry. Um, like, you know, lower their price or don't even want to put their price on their website and all that stuff. So this is going to be so valuable and I'm excited to hear more because it is so important. Like sales, I mean, if you don't have sales, then you know, your business is going to, is not going to, it's a hobby. You, yeah. you don't have a business. If you're not selling and you don't want to sell, then you really don't have a business because in order to keep doing it, you have to bring in income. Yep. <laughs> um, otherwise you're not actually taking care of yourself. Yeah. And that's a big piece of, of, I think what people don't realize there's, there's that element of sales that feels so uncomfortable. Um, but it really, you know, there's no way around selling. If you have a business, everybody at every level who owns a business is selling in in some capacity. And so it's, it's one of those things where you're either going to let it hold you back and not, and not move forward, or you're going to find a way to learn it. And a lot of it has to really just do with our mindset more than anything around sales. Yeah, a hundred percent. So actually let's go into, actually I have one question before we go into mindset because that's a huge one I definitely want to cover. What types of programs do you have for your coaching practice? So like, do you do group coaching one-on-one and just mm-hmm. can you briefly touch on like the topics that you cover on like through coaching and helping um, health coaches? Yep. So the biggest things that I cover in my programs are the things that everybody wants to know about. It's how do I not feel salesy and pushy? Mm -hmm. How do I have a discovery call? And what do I say? How do I overcome objections? Because Mm -hmm. I know they're out there and they're going to come up. And then how do I close the deal? And the big piece in how do I close the deal is always how do I have the conversation about money? Right. Okay. And I I would say those are the topics that I cover more than anything. And the first one, the salesy and pushy one is really just the mindset. So I call it the mindset of sales. Um, And those are in all of my programs in some form or another, those are what we cover. And certain programs dial in a lot more to like overcoming objections. Certain programs do a broad overview of all of it. So those are the main concepts that I, that I coach on. Um, my programs that I offer right now, I have two different one-on-one opportunities where people can work with me. I do a two-hour intensive. That one's for the person who is really has some experience with sales, but keeps coming up against, um, you know, some some really tough objections or is getting a lot of discovery calls and just not closing the deal. And they just really want to figure out, you know, there's some tweaks and changes to what they're doing to their sales process. So that two hour intensive is really good for us to dive in and, and kind of just, you know, do some surgery on those specific pieces. Mm -hmm. My other opportunity is my signature program and it's a three month program. And it's really, it just, we dive into all things sales. So it's for emerging health coaches, but it's for health coaches who have also been in business for a couple of years and really just don't have that sales piece um, dialed in and and figured out yet. So it's Mm -hmm. a three month program where we dive into first your mindset and your money mindset, 
We talk a lot about wealth consciousness. And through all of that, we are week to week also addressing the specific challenges that are coming up in your health coaching business. So what objections did you hear this week that you weren't able to able to overcome? Um, what discovery calls did you have this week that you felt like went really well, but then you weren't able to close? So we're doing real time um you know, work on what's going on in your business. And then we're also diving into the different layers of why sales is uncomfortable and challenging for you and unpacking that and, and healing, you know, whatever's going on. Yeah. So that's my three month signature program. And then I also have a group program and the group program is really cool because there's so much to be said for community and anything that you're going through. And, and Olivia, as you and I would know, being lifelong athletes, um, it's like being a part of a team. And when mm -hmm. you're a part of a team, there's such a different energy around who you are and how you show up and it's no different in business and so being a part of a group program is super valuable because you've got the community and you can also you know divide into mastermind partners business besties and and things where you have accountability and support throughout that program as well so that's my my other opportunity right now that's that's been really exciting and fun um to create. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a group program for people who are looking again to, to really dive into getting better at sales and, um, and improving what they're doing in their business. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that a lot of the, you know, topics that you just covered is a lot of people that are listening can relate to that. I know I can as well. Actually, one of my main goals every year I make a goal of things that I want to learn or master and mm -hmm. sales and marketing is my number one right now. So let's dive into mindset. So what are typical, what are the typical mindset shifts that need to happen in order to start? I, I don't know how to <laughs> word this, but be better at sales or step mm -hmm. into your best sales self. What kind of mindset shifts have to happen in order for that to you know, for you to start in order for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest mindset thing is this idea that sales is salesy. Mm -hmm. That's a label and a projection we're putting on to a neutral topic. Sales mm -hmm. isn't salesy. Your feelings about it are where the salesy label is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so it's usually a, com not usually, it is a complete reflection of us and how we feel about sales and how we feel about money. And ultimately it's, it's, are we willing to get uncomfortable enough to learn something new? And that's not even just in the world of sales. This is in general, mm -hmm. in order to learn something new, we have to get uncomfortable. The reason that people project that salesy label onto sales and say, oh, it makes me because they attach their money story to it as well. So there's a lot more going on there than just, I feel salesy. There's a money story and that's what's really interrupting what's going on with you trying to sell and get clients in your business. Yeah. So what are the money stories that you typically see from people? Great question. It's a lot of times it's a worthiness thing. Mm. I, most of my clients, when they start with me, have zero doubt that they can help somebody because typically they were their first client. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us have our own story with why we became a health and wellness coach, but it has to do with why or how we helped ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's usually no doubt in their mind that they can help somebody because they helped themselves. Mm -hmm. But you get the imposter syndrome 
um, that jumps in, you know, our fears and our doubts start to speak louder than our truth. And we start to believe our fears and our doubts. So we don't necessarily think we can't help somebody. We just start listening to our fears telling us we can't help somebody. And that really chips away at our, at our confidence in asking someone to work with us. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, I would say more than anything, the money story is about our own money story, our comfort level with money, and the worthiness that we feel about inviting somebody to work with us, because that means that there's an energetic money exchange. Mm-hmm. And we don't tend to look at money as what it really is. We're looking at it as the human, earthly, real, logical, linear expression of money, which is um, different than what it really is. I mean, money is just an energy. Yes. It's, it's just a frequency where you have attracted someone to you because of your energy, because of your ability to help solve their problem. And they see that in you and they want to buy a better version of themselves and they're willing to exchange money to make that happen. Yes. And they, they also are excited about paying money to make that happen. Now there's different levels of, of energy in where people are at with their desire to work with you. But the ones who have made a decision about working with you are excited to pay you that money and are ready mm-hmm. to do so because they see what's on the other side of it. Yes. We make it uncomfortable because we're not necessarily comfortable with that exchange yet because of the other levels of people who might want to work with us and the objections that they've handed to us. And that's what we let creep into um, this idea that sales is salesy or that sales feels uncomfortable because we've heard people say before, oh, that's really expensive or, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't have the money right now or, oh, I need to, you know, all all the reasons and excuses and objections that we've heard we let chip away at our confidence that we can help somebody. And we make that about the fact that we are charging money for it. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I always say that money is energy. You know, people have money, they buy cars, they buy food, they buy mm-hmm. homes. Money is energy. And when you think of it like that, and you're, I liked what you said, you're exchanging ener- energetically, you know, so you're helping someone and you're in return, you're getting money for that. And when you are confident in your service and the way that you can transform someone's life, can you even put a price tag on that? No. Right. And when you're confident in that exchange, you know, it shows through. And typically when that happens and you're confident and you know, the, the money exchange is not even the biggest deal. You know, I, exactly. I raise my prices by like, um, almost 50% last year. And I was so scared that for a sales call to be like, this is my price. And I told her and she was like, perfect. I'll pay in full. And I was like, okay, perfect. And it is hard when you do hear it's too much. It's too much of an investment, but having that mindset shift to it's fine. Something better is coming along or that person wasn't my ideal client because they don't see the worthiness or appreciate everything that I'm going to do for them. So I loved all of that. The energetically I think is perfect. And a mantra that I say every time I spend money or however I feel about it, I say, um, money comes back to me times 10. The money that I spend comes back to me times 10, because we do have what's amazing about entrepreneurship and health coaching and all of that is we do have the ability 
to get paid what we want <laughs> because we can take on as many clients. There's no one that's telling us, you know, how, what our salary is or anything. So exactly. what are some ways that you help your clients overcome that money mindset or their story? Like what are some things that someone, if someone just heard all that and they were like, okay, that is me. I need help. What are some ways that you work through? They can work through that. So one of the best ways to improve your ability in sales is to strengthen your wealth consciousness. Mm -hmm. And wealth consciousness is like any other consciousness that we, that we talk about. It's an awareness of what wealth and money means to you and what your relationship is to it. And when you strengthen that, then you're strengthening your relationship and your understanding with what money really is and how it is an energy and it is a flow. And the way you strengthen that is you never stop strengthening it. Just like if you decide you want to get in shape and you need to go to the gym to do that, you don't get to go to the gym for 30 days and go, okay, I got in shape. I'm good. And now I'm just going to not go to the gym anymore Mm -hmm. because you're going to lose that progress. You're going to lose that work that you did. And wealth consciousness is no different in order to strengthen it. In order to improve it, you have to go to the quote unquote gym every day. And what that usually entails is you know, doing the the basic things like journaling and meditating and really doing some specific work around your own money story. But the best way to do it that I've found is to read books about money so that you can up level your understanding of it. So you're not just looking from your own perspective, from your own viewpoint at what your money story is, but you're opening up your mind and your world to what the definition, what the, what the, um, you know, the, the real story of money actually is, and you're helping yourself see it in a different way than you've ever been able to see it before. And books about, about wealth consciousness and money mindset are the absolute best practice that you can get into consistently so that you are always improving your understanding of money and your relationship with money. Do you have one or two books that you would recommend? I'm probably going to buy them. I do. Yes, one of my absolute favorites that just completely changed my idea about money is called "You're a Badass at Making Money." Oh, I read that. That honestly is one of the books that made me that I read while I was deciding to quit my job or not. Yeah, it's it's very and it was the same way for me. It was very much a um, holy shit. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, like it just opened up my world in ways that I didn't even know was possible. And so I can totally see why when you're deciding whether you're going to quit your job or not, why that, that book would really push you in the direction of your desires. Yeah. Um, Because that's exactly what it did. It just opened up my world. You know, I, I had my own money story as we all do. Mm -hmm. And I think that we live by that story because we don't know that there is another one. We don't know that we can make our own rules. We don't know that the decisions that we have about money are our own. And, you know, we live in a society where certain structures and systems and and rules have been established, but that's not because they're the truth or they're the right way. They've just been established. That's it. And Mm -hmm. we tend to, as a society, follow them, but we don't necessarily have to believe in money in the way that it's always been taught to us. So that book opened my world up and, um, you know, I had some of my own revelations like, like you did when I read it, I'm sure quitting your job afterwards was like just a much different story for you Mm -hmm. after reading that book and kind of understanding things in a different way. And, you know, my story after reading that book was a, a lot of things. One of them was understanding that investing in myself was the most important thing that I could ever do. 
Mm-hmm. And that's in the form of coaches and, and mentors. And that just changed my life completely and up-leveled me in a way that I never could have done on my own. So I, I saw and understood the value of investing in myself. And my big story from that was I went and bought a car because I hadn't yeah. had a car in 10 years. And I remember reading mm-hmm. the book and she's like, you deserve the new car. And I'm like, she's right. I deserve yes, the new car. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I do deserve this car. And, you know, well here, I mean, like I said earlier, I was number one in the nation. I had all the success, I had all these bonuses and I was driving a 10 year old car. And, and it, it said so much about me and my money story and my worthiness and where I was. And after reading that book, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get the car. And I did. And what happened to me a week after buying the car was the thing that really solidified because I felt like it was the universe saying to me, look, this did work. You did do Mm -hmm. the right thing. Because what happened is I went and bought the car. I financed it for a certain amount. And one week after getting this car and taking out the loan from the bank, that exact amount almost to the dollar showed up in my bank account. (gasps) Oh my God. I have the chills right now. That's crazy. I love that. Like I, there's still times where I'm like, I can't believe it, but I can, because I know why it happened that way. I know it was a, it was a sign from the universe. It was the work that I had, that I had done, but it still surprised me because, and, and, and it was absolutely not a coincidence at all that the money that showed up in my bank account was literally that close to the, to the same amount. That was a sign from the universe to say, keep going. That was amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was a big one to me. And it's funny because that same year that I read the book, I also met the author and I told her that story. I said, everybody has their story. I know they do, but I'm going to tell you mine because I'm sure everybody tells you it. And you changed my life because, and she said, that's the kind of story I hear all the time because oh once my people God. opened up to that world and the understanding that their money rules are their own, um, a lot of things change, a lot of things open up. So that is probably one of my all time favorites because here's the other thing I had tried to read some money books before. And they just weren't approachable for me. It was just a little bit too much for where I was, but that book really met me at my level. And it was very easy for me to consume what she was saying um, because I felt like she was coming from a place that I had come from. So that's a a huge recommendation. I completely agree because I'm the same way. Like I think of money as energy. And when I try to explain that to people like my dad, he's like, "Um, okay, well, let's open a mutual fund. (laughs) Like whatever. So, but the way that I like your management around money and your mindset is, I think really like is the root of it. Like sure. Everyone says to invest, to do all the things, but what allows money to energetically flow to you on a daily basis is going to be your mindset and the way that you are open to receiving it. So guys, for those of you who are listening and got the chills while as well, then you start reading and get like get a hold of your money mindset. I feel like I'm good at my money mindset because mine my money mindset used to be like I don't need that much. Like yep. I don't need that. I only need this. This is perfect for me. Like this I'm fine. Me. I'm fine. And yep. while that is true, I mean you know, there, that, that was just my mindset around it. And now that I've, you know, opened up and shifted and it's really opened me up to a lot more opportunity and option. So, you know, I I think that's one that a lot of people can relate to like your 10 year old car. It's like, it was running, you could drive it. Maybe I'm not sure, but I'm the same way. I have my car is old, but I actually love my car. Um, (laughs) 
Well, and that, you know, that was my story is I'm going to drive it till it dies because yeah. the dumbest thing I can do is buy a new car. And why would I do mm-hmm. that? And it's such a waste of money. You know, all the rules that I had in my mind, what I realized weren't my rules. Mm-hmm. They were the rules that had been passed on to me by my dad, by my grandpa, by my parents, by the community I grew up in. Like that was just what you did. You just didn't buy a new car. And, you know, I was fine with the one that I had. And, you know, and, and that was my story. And I think a lot of us tell ourselves these stories and we accept it as our truth, but really there's, there are desires there that we are denying and we aren't living in our truth. We mm-hmm. aren't really activating and understanding what our actual soul is is telling us that it desires and that it wants. And for me, you know, I would have told you back then that I'm fine with the car that I have, but I also would have told you if somebody wants to give me a brand new car, I'll take it. Right. So that right there says to me what I really want, what I really yeah. desire. You know, it's like saying I'm okay yeah. with flying coach. Well, I'm okay. I, I can, you know, coach is affordable. I can fly coach. It's, it's good. But if somebody wants to give me a first class ticket, I'll take it. Well, then that's telling me where my desires actually are. Right. And, you know, this isn't about being irresponsible and reckless and just blowing money on everything just because you want it. It's getting very clear on what your true desires really are. What's most important to you? Is it important to you to have that car? And if it is, then you are worth the effort to make that happen. And when you tell yourself you're fine, you're basically saying to yourself, you're not worth what your desires are saying that you want. Your, your soul is calling you towards something, but you are in direct, um, you know, uh, like, uh, objection's the wrong word, direct um, uh, opposition to that because you're mm-hmm. saying, I want it, but I don't need it. I'm not worth having it. Yeah. And that's a mixed message. And, and that's where a lot of our money story gets, you know, lost in translation because we're, we're very busy telling ourselves we're fine and we're okay, but there are some specific desires there that we, that we really want. Um, and, and we catch ourselves in that, you know, trap because of our money story. Yeah, I I completely agree. And something that you said too, about investing in yourself, like there are so many reasons why that is, you you know, that could be a first step to really shifting your mindset and to stepping into those desires. And it could be slow. It could be, you know, and you, someday you want to have a house and, uh, in Los Angeles on the beach, like investing in a Airbnb for a few nights in one of those mm-hmm. places, like energetically stepping into that life that you want to live, like, exactly. um, flying first class, maybe once a year, having, setting that as a goal. I personally, yep. right now I want a sauna. So before, uh, one in my house and before I, before all this coronavirus stuff, I was going to a sauna once a week to like, nice energetically yeah raise your frequency raise your frequency yeah and you've got to feel it you've got to energetically feel it and that's exactly how you do it you start to raise your frequency by putting yourself in those high frequency places yeah and that goes for your business as well not just lifestyles like investing in that sales coach in a health coach in a you know a brand designer in that whatever it is that you know is going to get you to that next level, it might be, you know, a stretch right now, but eventually it will take you to where you need to go. I mean, last year I invested almost $15,000 in coaching and it was my best year yet. So investing in yourself, in your business, you know, that's what's going to push you forward. And it's also yeah. going to shift your money mindset. Like, okay, I'm investing in this now, but I know it's going to come back to me 10 times. Yep. 
because it's an investment and it's got a return. And there's so much to be said for who you become in that process of getting uncomfortable and making that investment. Nobody ever just has 15,000 sitting around in the bank that they're like, oh, let me just throw this towards coaching. Yeah. (laughs) But there is a, and you mentioned the word stretch and, and that's the biggest thing. It's like, are you, and as health coaches, we know this. We know that we have to get uncomfortable. We know we have to make changes in order to change and transform our health. But we tend to then dismiss it in the other areas of our life, like our money story and our, you know, investing in ourselves. We deny ourselves what we really want and what we really need. And ultimately, it's not because it's easy that people invest in themselves. It's still a difficult decision. And there's a stretch involved. Mm -hmm. But the person you become in that process and the way you feel about yourself when you make that investment in yourself is absolutely the biggest piece of of Mm -hmm. the beginning of your transformation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this, that's all so great. So yeah. thinking of money as energy and shifting your mindset is going to be the first, you, like you mentioned, your clients, that's typically the first yep. step to mastering sales. So yep. what would you say after that, you know, after your mindset is mastered and you've read all the books and you feel like you're continuously working on your wealth consciousness, what would be the next steps to take in order to start to master, let's, let's say the sales call. So, you know, the Mm -hmm. discovery call and you want to close the deal on the phone. What's the Mm -hmm. next step to make that happen? Well, one of the things that I think is really, first of all, you said, once you master the, you know, the, the mindset of sales, um, I do think it's helpful to remember, we never completely master it. We master Mm -hmm. the level that we're at and then there's a next level. And then there's a, you know, so I I like to say new level, new devil. And I don't say that Mm -hmm. because I think it's, you know, I'm trying to scare anybody, but ultimately Mm -hmm. each time you up level, there's a new mastery that you have to, uh, you know, accomplish. So you're always going to be working through elements and layers of your relationship with sales, just like anything in your life. Um, But once you start to understand a little bit more about wealth consciousness and money mindset, I think the most important thing you can do, and I'm going to answer your question about the sales call, but even before I get to that, I want to just say the most important thing you can understand is how to master yourself and know yourself well enough to know Mm -hmm. who you are and how you show up is your business. Mm -hmm. That is what you're selling. And so the number one sales tip that I would give anybody is the exact same sales tip that I was given my very first week in my sales career. And it's this, people will buy from you because they like you. Mm -hmm. It's not because you have the best rates, you have the best packages, you have the best Instagram feed, you have the best Facebook group. Those are not the reasons people are going to buy from you. Those are nice features. Those are nice things that are going to attract people and help bring them into your world. But the reason that people are going to buy from you is because they like you. And Mm -hmm. what you need to always know is that you are not in competition with anybody else because nobody can be you. Yeah. Not a single person on this world, on this planet can be you. There's 7.8 billion people on this planet and you're the only one that's you. And you have specific gifts and talents and experiences from your own life that you can show up with that people want and they need and that nobody else can give them. And the sooner you get into clarity and reality around that and you quit comparing yourself because, you know, we all do that. We go, oh my God, her Instagram feed looks so good. I've got to make mine like that. Oh my God, she has a group program. I didn't know she was, I I need to make a group. Right. (laughs) Anybody else. And the more you try to fit yourself into that role of competing and keeping up with everybody else, then you're spending your time and energy doing that. And you're not spending your time and energy being you. Yeah. 
And you may not attract all the right people right off the bat to you, but that's part of the game too with sales is who am I trying to attract? Who is my ideal client? How do I attract them energetically? And, and who am I to show up and how do I show up in order to make that happen? So yeah. it's, it's less about memorizing a formula for sales and it's more about building the relationship with yourself so that you mm -hmm. understand who you are and what makes you so valuable because you have things that nobody else can offer. Yeah. And I, and I get that a lot, a lot of like health, a lot of my clients that are coaches and yoga instructors and do Reiki and all of that stuff, which that is a saturated market. I mean, even my market for brand design, but mm -hmm. I tell them they're always like, Oh, like she has this. I, I feel like that's copying or, uh, right. so many other people already do it. And that's the exact advice that yeah. I give them is like, you yeah. do it differently. People are going to work with you because they like you, not because of yeah. your programs. Well, well can you imagine if, Oh, sorry. No, no, you're done. I'm, you're can okay. you, can you imagine if Lady Gaga had said, you know what? Beyonce is already a singer. She's got a good voice. It's oversaturated. There's so many singers out there. I just, it, it's not possible for me. Right. But Lady Gaga and Beyonce are so completely different and they both are super amazingly talented and have amazing mm -hmm. voices and an amazing, but like each one of them has a different following for a different reason. Yeah. People need what Lady Gaga has because of whatever they're, they're, they've experienced in their life that, that attracts them to her. People need Beyonce in their life because, you know, so their talents are very amazing in their own right, but very different. And I can't imagine if one of them had said, well, she's already doing it. There's no room for me. And that's yeah. what we do. We discount ourselves. We, we take ourselves out of the game because we're like, well, there's so many health coaches. There's so many health coaches because we need so many health coaches. Yes. Because yeah. the world is in a crisis right now where we need people to step up, rise to the occasion and help the people that they set out to help on their health coaching journey. And the more they talk themselves out of it, the more they're making it about them and not about the people who need them. So yeah. when you're a health coach and you're like, oh, it's just so hard and I just don't know. And you know, in no way am I making fun of somebody by using this voice, but yeah. you know, these are, these are the things we, you know, it's the wishy-washiness, the wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and what they're doing is they're forgetting about the people who are suffering and who are in pain and who need their help and need their solutions. And they're making it about them. You're making it about how you feel. Like, I feel like this is hard. I feel like it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It is uncomfortable. And in order to grow, in order to transform in your life, in order to be the health coach and the business owner that you set out to be, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to do hard things. And when you forget that you set out to help people and you make it about you, then you're really just spinning out and you're not helping anybody. So right. either decide that health coaching isn't for you because it's really not. Or quit telling yourself that story and own up to the fact that it is for you and there are people who need you. And the, the more you hold yourself back from reaching them, the less that they are finding the solutions that they are looking for in their life. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's amazing. I, I love that. So, so for a sales call, like a discovery call, how, what I wrote was ways to prep for a sales call, but that was kind of my question. But I mm -hmm. think, um, you know, do you want to just talk about like the five points or six points or whatever points there are to, you know, having a great discovery call or sales call? Sure. 
Because I think that's where most, I think that's where most people struggle is like getting someone on the phone and like closing the sale on the phone. Yep. And I think there's so much anxiety that goes into, oh my God, I have a discovery call. Oh my God. You know, because first of all, we go, we go through different levels of the sales process when we're learning how to sell, we're learning how to transform our money mindset. We're learning how to transform our, um, you know, projections of it's salesy and it's aggressive and I don't want to be pushy. Um, but one of the things that, that you're going to get really clear on is, um, you know, you're not going to have discovery calls at first. So you want discovery calls. And right. you're like, oh my God, how do I get a discovery call? How do I get a discovery call? Where do I find these people? And then you get some, and then you freak out about the discovery call itself because it's like, oh my God, now I have a discovery call. What do I do? How do I? Mm-hmm. And the whole time there's this idea that, you know, you want it to go well, which of course you want it to go well if they're the right fit, but there's no perfect thing to say. And I think getting really clear on that fact that there isn't a perfect thing to say mm-hmm. and there isn't a perfect formula to follow because if there were, then everybody would be selling that perfect formula for millions of dollars and it would work every single time. And you would just have to follow that formula and everything would be fine. That's not the reality. We are all human beings. We all have freedom of choice at any given point. And on any discovery call, it's an opportunity for you to discover if it's a good fit for you both to work together. And that goes for both of you, for you and the client or the Mm -hmm. prospect. And then to know that if it's not the right fit, energetically, you need to let them go. Yeah. And that's okay. And so I think a lot of people get caught up in this idea that a discovery call should always end in a yes. Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves and they look for the perfect things to say. And they look for the perfect formula because they're like, oh my gosh, I must suck at sales if I can't convert this discovery call to a client. And, and what do I say to make them do? But sometimes the best thing you can find out is that they're not, they're not the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you want to do is attract somebody into your world to work with you who is not the right fit for you. Because again, and we keep talking about energy because all of this is energy, energetically, what you end up doing and the time and energy you spend on trying to work with that person is actually spent in a way that isn't going to help them because they aren't the right fit. You're going to end up pulling time and energy away from somebody that you could be helping, that you could have moved on to. And really when that person doesn't necessarily get the results at the end of your, so let's say they say yes on this discovery call, even though they're not the right fit, you both kind of like talked yourselves into it and you work with them for a three month period of time, they're probably not going to be an easy person to work with. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be certain things along the way that are going to be challenging for you, which I'm not saying avoid challenges because those are, you know, a big part of how we grow. Um, And your best client is never going to be your best teacher. You know, your, your nicest, sweetest, kindest, easiest client is always going to be, you know, great and awesome, but it's the ones who are going to challenge you, who are going to teach you. But point being, you're going to actually not really facilitate the results that person's looking for if you're kind of battling the, the energies the whole time because they're yes. not the right fit and then the, guess who gets blamed when they don't get the results they were looking for yeah um so so really you want to be so specific about who it is that is your ideal client that when you go on to a discovery call you're discovering if they are a good fit for your ideal client and for you that's what the discovery call is about. It's not about getting on this call to turn them into a client. Right. That should not be your focus. It's let's get on this call. And, and I also understand when you're brand new and you're an emerging health coach and you've never had a client, it, you're so close when you, you're like, oh my God, I have a discovery call. I could get a client. Oh my God. And you put all this pressure on yourself because you're like, this could be my first client. Mm-hmm. And you're forgetting to really do the work to determine, are they the right 
client for you. And it's a hard thing to swallow at first because you just want to take anybody. You're, you're ready. You're like, I have this business and I just want to help people. And I want to take on anybody who would be, you know, I can help anybody. If they're willing to pay me, I, I can help them. Um, but there's so much to be said for setting yourself up for a really rough ride. If you're not taking the people who are your ideal client and who are a good fit for you. So, so I think it's getting clear that, you know, discovery call is not meant to turn into a yes. It's meant to turn into a decision on whether they're the right person to work with you. All website templates are 50% off for the rest of the month. We just added a new one in there, so there are five templates you can choose from. Each template was created specifically for coaches and wellness businesses, is plug and play, fully customizable, and comes with a video library with tons of videos to help walk you through the design process. Normally these websites are $5.97, but you can get them now for only $2.97. I seriously just want to help you get online. Now is the time. So let me help you. Head to currentdesignstudio.com backslash template dash collection to browse the templates. Discount will be automatically applied at checkout, so no need for a code. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to put it because it takes the pressure off and then it's true. It's like you don't always have to work with someone even if they want to work with you. So my question is a lot of, you know, I hear this a lot and typically you don't learn this until after it happens and I am totally guilty of this. But if you really intuitively don't feel like the person is right for you. So a lot of times it'll be like, Oh, like I got this client. I, you know, they're not in, they're not in the right niche. They're not my dream client, but I need the money. Mm -hmm. What is the best way to let go of that? And, you know, just let go of that client. Great question. So again, I think it's first being in reality with what the energy is behind your desire to work with that person. And if the energy behind your desire to work with that person is money and not service, then you're doing them a disservice. Right. So we all need to make money for what we do in order to keep doing it. So in no way am I saying the money isn't important. What I'm saying is your number one goal in being a health coach should be building relationships and helping people solve their problems. And when you live in that truth and you live in alignment with it, the money will show up. It will take care of yourself as long as you have made a decision that this is what I'm doing and this is happening no matter what. And I am setting out to build relationships and help people solve a problem that I know how to solve. And when you do that and you live in that reality, that in that truth, then you will find that the clients and the right people and the money shows up. So I get what you're saying where, you know, when you need the money and you want to take somebody on, it's, it's actually really like you're, you're looking at that going, oh my God, I could just, this person's willing to pay me. I could just take them on. I'm actually going to say something that a lot of people might be surprised about. Sometimes go ahead and take them on and mm-hmm. learn the lessons that are going to come with it. Interesting. I, was I don't think it's that going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's probably, <laughs> but I, I would definitely tell people, I don't think it's the, if, again, if money is your reason for taking them on, I don't think you should. And I don't think it's the right fit. But I also think there are so many lessons in everything we do in life. And if that is what you feel in that moment is the right decision, you're going to learn the lessons you need to learn from it. True. And, and I'm not saying it's necessarily going to, you know, blow up in your face, but I think you need to get really clear on why you want to help people and on, on what your true intentions are. 
And when you find yourself getting caught in that energy of, but I need the money, then that's a different energy than you saying, I can really help this person. Mm -hmm. And everything is an energy and you're going to learn. Sometimes we, we, we like to go through the school of hard knocks and we learn the hard way. And sometimes we're able to use discernment and make a, a, a different and better decision in that moment. Um, so, you know, to the people who are like, but I need the money, I want to take this person on. Again, I would tell you, get really clear on why you want to take that person on. Is it because of the money or because you can really help them? And sometimes you need to go through that process to really learn why you wouldn't want to do that the next time. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you know, my biggest learning curves have been through difficult clients. And this is definitely mm -hmm. a new podcast episode at some point. But the, my biggest learning lessons in business have literally been through some really bad client experiences. And although they were terrible, a lot of going through them, they have helped really shape the business that I have today. Right. It's, it's one of the best ways to learn about yourself, to learn about your business, to learn about your ideal client. So you need to take on, you, like you said, your, your, your best teachers have been your most difficult clients, myself included. Like I have learned the most from the clients who challenged me the most. And it also helps me learn and refine more about how I wanted to operate my business. So don't look at it as a bad thing when you have challenging clients. Just ask yourself, what's the lesson here? What's the mm -hmm. universe showing me here? Where are the vulnerabilities in the way I operate that this person is exposing for me so that I can fix them and heal them now so that moving forward, my business is stronger because of this? Yeah. So are there super, are there certain, super, are there certain questions <laughs> um, on a discovery call that you can ask to kind of vet the potential yes. clients? Yes. So one of the things that I love, I, I know you um, are a big proponent of this because you and I have talked about this before, is qualifying people before they get to the call. Mm -hmm. That's a big piece. And you can do that in so many ways. One of the ways is showing up in your truth, in every place that you show up, in your social media platforms, on your website, in your in-person interactions, in your networking, be you. Because when you are being your authentic self, then you are attracting people who are attracted to you. So first of all, really always show up in your truth so that you're attracting the right people. Also on your website, putting all the information about you and your offerings is really important because that qualifies people right off the bat. They get to look and see who is this person, what are her different services that she offers, and are these in alignment with what I'm looking for? And some people say, yeah, but I don't want them to look at that and then be turned away because of the price or because of it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Because if that person is turned off by the price, then they probably are not the person that you want to spend any time on a call with because they're also going to waste your time on a call because they're going to tell you at the end, the price is too much. Let them make that decision for themselves. Yeah. We try to interject ourselves in other people's money story and in other people's money decisions. It's none of your business. Mm -hmm. You might take them on as a client. They might be interested on some level in, in working with you, but it's none of your business if they want to pay that money or not. And it's none of your business if it's too much money for them. That's not any of your concern. That's not any of your worry. If it's too much money for them, that doesn't make your prices wrong. That make, makes you wrong for them or them wrong for you. Yeah. So, so getting really clear on, you know, who you are showing up in that truth. And being transparent about what you offer and allowing people to qualify themselves to get on that call with you so that when they do get on the call with you, they've already passed a certain 
level of qualifications to be on that call. So you know that they're generally interested. You know that they've seen your prices and your services, and that still made them want to get on the call. So you know at that point that they have passed these tests of so far, they seem like they could be a good fit for me because they like me, they like my energy, they've seen my services on my website, and they still wanted to get on a call with me. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And by the time they get on the call with you, they're kind of a warm lead because they're like, Mm -hmm. I've, you know, you've answered most of my questions for me. I saw your services. I know your pricing. I just had a few questions just to clear it up and really make sure that we're a good fit. And I think you mentioned this um, yesterday when we were chatting about, you know, the, the, yeah, having the pricing on your website. I think that is the, uh, the number one question that I get from people or the number one, um, question they have for themselves. Should I put my, uh, pricing or should I not? And I'm not sure if I've ever brought this up on the podcast, but I absolutely do think you should for all of the reasons that you just said. Yep. Yeah, it's really important. It's it's protecting your time and energy just as much as it is theirs. Mm-hmm. They have the freedom of choice to look at that and go, that's just not, you know, because it's like what we talked about earlier. My understanding of investing in myself and what that meant totally changed after I started to raise my wealth consciousness. Some people just aren't there yet and that's okay. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you would say to them on that discovery call. You, your, your job is not to convince anybody of yeah. anything. And once you step into that convincing energy, then it's, it's like the desperate nervous energy and you're trying to force something to happen. And really, if that person has decided that investing in themselves at that level is not right for them, it doesn't matter what you say to them. They're not yeah. the right fit. And that's They're okay. Right that doesn't make yeah. them wrong. That doesn't make you wrong. It just means you have to own up to the fact that that is not the right fit for this time. Yeah. So getting them, giving them the opportunity to, to self-select in that way and to qualify themselves in that way is really important. So, so having your information on your website, showing up in your truth in every possible arena that you show up in, in your business, um, super important. So these qualifiers, these, these opportunities to qualify are really important. And then once they do opt into a call with you, you know, have some, some kind of like you and I have talked about before too, a little questionnaire to give you a, a, you know, an understanding of who they are and what they're looking for. And that's another way to qualify them and and kind Mm -hmm. of see where they're at. But once you get on the actual call, there are absolutely some great questions that you can ask. And, you know, everybody's always afraid of the call, not just because they're afraid of talking to somebody because that, that has nothing to do with it. Because side note, what a lot of people do on discovery calls is they hijack themselves. They hijack the conversation and they turn it into the friend zone instead Mm -hmm. of staying with the business intent that the call is about because Mm -hmm. they get nervous and they're like, let's talk about your dog and your babies and your kids and your husband. (laughs) You know, they they don't actually stick to the point of what the call is about because they get nervous and they get afraid of asking for the business. Um, But it's okay to be a little bit, you know, not a little bit, you want to be friendly. You want to spend the first couple of minutes of the call, you know, just talking about the questions that they filled out on the form. Like, oh, I see that you've been a health coach for a couple of years. Or, you know, I've seen, I see that you've been struggling with weight loss for a couple of years. You know, what, what is it that you feel like has challenged you and, and prevented you from doing, you know, you want to kind of start to get to know them and ask them some discovery questions. But one of the, one of my absolute favorite questions from the very beginning is this one. And I think it's gold. <laughs> Once you get on the call with them, you just have your little chit chat for a minute or two and you say, great. Well, I'm so excited that you made some time for us to have this conversation and discover if this is a good fit together uh, for us to work together. Um, out of curiosity, what would make this call a successful year? Mm. 
and getting dialed in from the very beginning what their level of commitment is on this call, Mm -hmm. what their intentions are for this call. Because you might have people say, well, you know, I've been following you for years. I've loved everything I've seen from, from you. Um, I did your free challenge a couple of weeks ago and it really was just so awesome. I've been thinking about you ever since. And I just, I know that this is the right time for me to, um, to take my business, take my health to the next level. Yeah. Great. You know, that right there is okay. This person is already self-selected into me and and the opportunity to work with me. Now it's just a, a matter of us asking some questions, having a discussion, making sure we're the right fit and then moving forward at the end. So that would give you the idea that, okay, they're here for the right reason. Now, if you say, what would make this call a success for you? And they're like, well, I just want to know more about your program. Oh, cool. Did you happen to check out my website? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know you had one. <laughs> that is, and that's not a sign to just click, you know, you don't want to hang up the phone, but, but ultimately what they have now said is they have not taken this seriously enough to do some of the background and do some of the research to, to looking into what it would be like to work with you. Because if they did, they would have seen your website, they would have seen your packages, they would have seen your prices. And to me, that's a big sign right away. They're not really ready to move forward. Right. That doesn't mean you end the call, have a, have a conversation, extend the call a little bit longer but I wouldn't spend a lot of time and energy with that person because there's nothing you can do on the phone to convince them if they aren't necessarily ready to make the commitment. Now, right. maybe they just stumbled on the call and they actually are fully ready and they are that, you know, so have a conversation with them and, and just get to know them, ask them, you know, people are always like, what, what do I say on a discovery call? You tap into your intuition and you get really in, in your truth and, and in a very conversational flowy state of, wanting to know more about that person and wanting Mm -hmm. to discover about them and knowing that this is one of my favorite things to say to people. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Yeah. And I think when we get really clear on that, that there is no perfect thing to say, then we can kind of let go and really just be in the flow of the conversation and allow things as they come up to be a part of the conversation, be real, be you. Yeah. Um, and one of the best things I can, I can also say about discovery calls and, and sometimes this surprises people because I think in the sales world, there, this is a, a divisive issue. Some people will say no script and some people will say script. Mm-hmm. And I am a big proponent of scripts mm-hmm. but to a, an extent. Mm-hmm. You don't want to actually read from the script on the call because mm-hmm. the other person doesn't know their lines. So you're going to try to be reading and they're not going to know their answer. And then it's going to throw you off. What you want to do with a script is you want to use it to practice. And if you're really serious about this, if you're really serious about improving and you're really serious about your business and you're really serious and ready to take action on getting better as a business owner and getting better in sales, then you will take the time to write your script and practice them. That's something I do with my clients. We, we write our own discovery call script. And mm-hmm. we do role-playing on our sessions sometimes, or I assign them to go do role-playing with their boyfriend or their friend or their mastermind partner. Because the reason I know scripts work is I know for a fact we have all watched a movie and cried. We have all watched a mm-hmm. movie and laughed. We have all watched a movie and got so caught up in it that we didn't realize that it wasn't an actual real life story going on right now. And that's because that person started off with a script. Mm -hmm. Those actors started with a script where at one point it was just them reading the script, but it evolved in such a way that they became the character. 
They mm-hmm. became that person. They became the person who could convey that emotion that made us laugh, that made us cry, because it became who they were from them practicing it over and over again. So scripts are super important because they allow you to really become that person that you're trying to become that feels comfortable with sales, that's able to feel comfortable on a discovery call, and that's able to take a prospective client through that call and know intuitively the right things to say because that's not your first time going through it. You've been there. You've practiced it. You've rehearsed it. Yeah, I like that. What I do is I have like an outline of... Mm -hmm like kind of questions, more like a guide, a way to guide me through the mm-hmm. call. And I just keep that on a sticky note, like on my desk. So whenever on my desktop, sorry. So whenever I yep. do have a call, like I'll read it before I do a lot of research on the client before I get on the call with someone. Um, mm-hmm. But that is really helpful. I, I think I'm going to try to make a script and practice it because yeah. I do like that. Um, a lot. One thing that I've done recently and that I've been encouraging my clients to do is what you said before, like vetting the client Mm -hmm. before you get on the phone. I think this is, this is a huge mistake I see on websites and just with, you know, business in general, like just because someone wants to get on the phone with you, doesn't mean that you should, (laughs) because you don't want to waste time. And this evolved for me over time. I was getting on phone on the phone with people and they'd be like, Oh, I thought the logo was $300 or just wanted to chat and ask me a website question. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm wasting so much time and energy on something that could have been a, you know, an Instagram DM. So what I've done over time is one thing I've put on my contact page is, you know, who would be the best for to get on the call with. So it starts with something Mm -hmm. like we will make the most impact together if, and then, you know, Mm -hmm. just a brief thing, like, you know, you've been in business, blah, blah, blah. Just talking about my ideal client. Um, one thing that my clients do is, you know, Nicole only works with clients who are committed to starting now. And then, just having like a brief thing on your contact page and then Mm -hmm. your contact form. One thing that I notice health coaches do is they ask a series of like doctor questions on their form. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what is your health history? What's your health history? All this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just want to get people on the phone. So maybe asking one or two of those questions or a question like, how are you feeling about your health now to like, so you can kind mm-hmm. of make that, but there's mm-hmm. no reason to ask like a million questions on no. your contact form. Um, right. questions that could be helpful too is like, um, you know, what, like, what are you hoping to achieve or how ready are you to commit mm-hmm. to your success? Um, mm-hmm. I have a little checkbox on mine, like, um, saying, have you checked out our services? If not, mm-hmm. and then have a link to the services. And yep. all of those ways have really helped to kind of gauge people and turn people away that aren't quite ready. And it's not right. to say to be like, I'm not working with you. It's kind of like, you kind of want someone to look at that and be like, okay, I'm going to come back to them when I'm ready. So I'm going to work yep. on all this stuff that I need in order to work with Nicole or work with Olivia. And right. it does happen like that. You know, people go to the contact page and they're like, oh my God, I'm not ready to start now, but I I'm work on all these things and get it done. And that's yep. the kind of client you want. Right. You want them doing their homework before they get to you so that they're really ready. Because if they want to make that investment, then you want that to be the right investment for them. And if they don't have all those pieces in place, then it might not be the right investment. It might not be the right relationship. And they might not, they just might not be there yet. And that's okay. 
And, you know, in, in sales, it takes at least eight to 12 touch points before somebody's mm-hmm. ready to buy from you. And sometimes that's just, that's up to them to get themselves ready to get to that place of being ready to work with you. It's not up to you to help bring them up there. It's up to you to stay in at your frequency with the people who are ready and let that person get themselves there. Because once they do, the transformation that takes place for them to get to that level of being ready to work with you is what will make them your ideal client and, and what will make your work together even more successful when they are at that point of being ready to work with you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So before we you know wrap things up, I do want to, touch on the four things you need to know about overcoming objections, because I think that would be really helpful for a lot of people. So do you just want to touch on those four? Yeah. So one of the, one of the best ways to overcome objections is to do exactly what we've been talking about, which is Mm pre-qualify and make sure they're at a place of meeting those certain qualifiers before you even get on the call with them. Because if not, what you're going to do is you're going to get on a lot of calls where you're hearing a lot of objections and they shouldn't be there. They shouldn't, not the person shouldn't be there, but the objection shouldn't be there if you've done your qualifiers up to that point. And if you're very transparent and clear online with how you show up, with who you are, um, those are all opportunities to eliminate objections from even being a part of the conversation because that person that would have those objections is never going to get on the call with you because they get to see who you are in your truth. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but I don't want to turn people away. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're not here to irritate and, and, and you know, piss people off and turn them away in that way, but you're going to be polarizing in how you show up to some people. You're, you're, you're not right for everybody. You know, I always like to use the, the analogy of, of a peach. Like, there's plenty of people in this world who love peaches and I'm sure peaches for them is it, it's a great fruit. It's a delicious fruit. I hate peaches. I hate them. I've always hated them. That doesn't make the peach wrong. That doesn't make me wrong. It just means that's not a good fit. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Cause there are plenty of people that do like peaches. And if I go to a party and peaches are served, they can have peaches and I'll eat the apples or, you know, so, yeah. so for us to assume that we're right for everybody is really unfair to us and unfair to the people that we might that we might try to convince to work with us. So I think pre-qualifying is the best way. And the other thing about that is you don't want to end up with a lot of discovery calls that don't go well because it starts to chip away at your confidence. Mm-hmm. So hold that bar, hold that level high for the people who are able to get on the call with you because your time, just like we say money is an energy, your time is an energy. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just give it away to anybody who's willing to take it. You need to protect it. And that includes protecting it on a discovery call as well. So pre-qualifying before the discovery call even happens is a really great way to eliminate some of the objections that might come up. Um, Reframing your mindset to what an objection actually is. So once you do get to that level and that person is on the phone with you, I want people to understand an objection is just a buying signal. Now, it's masked and hidden under a lot of fear Mm-hmm. That's really what an objection is. It's just their fears coming up, but it's a buying signal because here's the, the funny, crazy um, analogy that I like to use for this. If I were to say to you, Olivia, I'm going to stab you in the stomach. How does that sound to you? You'd be <laughs> like, nope, nope. I don't know. I don't want that. That's not, I, I absolutely, you wouldn't say to me, well, Nicole, how do you think it's going to feel? Do you think I'm going to like it? You wouldn't start asking those questions. You'd be Mm -hmm. very clear with me. You know for a fact you don't want to get stabbed in the stomach. Now, I know it's a silly, funny, you know, analogy to use, 
But when people are clear that they don't want something, they will communicate that and they will say, no, I don't want it. But if they start asking questions around it, which is really what an objection is, it's just them asking some questions and it's based on their fears. That means they're interested. Right. That means that they want to know more. That means that there were some opportunities to sell in the value that maybe you didn't completely sell it in or you didn't completely discuss it in, in a way that made sense to them. So their objection is really just a way for you to sell in the value, to help them see it in a different way and to ask some more questions to them. So an objection is really an opportunity to keep selling. It's an opportunity to keep furthering the discussion into where is the objection coming from. And that objection is also there to help you understand, is this a red flag because I don't want to work with this person? Or mm -hmm. is this just really an opportunity for me to coach them through making this decision? Because most of the time, people want to make the decision. People want to say yes. They just need some coaching and some support mm -hmm. on saying yes. Because yeah. the biggest challenge for them is not saying yes to you. It's saying yes to themselves. And this goes back to that worthiness thing that we talked about before. A lot of people, it's not that they don't want to work with you as their coach. It's not that they don't see the value in the investment. They don't see the value in themselves because there's a worthiness piece that they need some help in making this decision. And really what you're doing is you're coaching them through prioritizing themselves by moving forward in their life in a way that they haven't been able to prioritize themselves up to this point. So, and, and you know, it's, it's, that's why their health is the way it is. So if you're a health coach and you're looking to work with somebody who is stressed beyond, you know, beyond, um, to the max, then it's probably because they are in reaction mode and they're, they're giving up their time and energy to everything else in their life. And they're not making themselves a priority, which has compromised their health. And now they have an opportunity to make an investment and work with you, which means they have to make themselves a priority. And they're afraid to do that because they don't know how, because they're in this constant habit of always putting other people first instead of themselves. So the objections a lot of times just come from that place as well, where they're afraid to make the investment because they're afraid to value themselves to that level. Yeah. Um, so an objection is really, it's a buying signal. It's an opportunity for you to keep selling and just ask some more questions, not to jump in that convincing mode, not to jump into that energy of, I need this person, but ask them some more questions. So if they say, you know, well, this feels like, you know, I, I know I really want to work with you, but it feels like it's going to take, you know, a lot of time for this work for us to do together. Ask them some more questions. So, you know, well, what is it that you feel like, um, you know, what concerns come up with you uh, about time? And then give them the opportunity to talk and elaborate because a lot of times they're going to hear their answer and that's going to be all that they needed to hear. Yes, There's nothing you can say that. say that can convince them. They will say their own things that will convince themselves. And it's by you giving them the opportunity to talk and you giving them the opportunity to be heard. And that's one of the biggest things on a discovery call that I can tell you to make it go well. It's not what you say and the right questions that you ask. It's, are you allowing that person to feel seen and heard? Yes. That's yes. what they want. That's mm -hmm. the most comfortable way for them to be on that phone call because they're probably coming from a place of, never feeling seen or heard in any other area of their life. And you as a coach are the first opportunity that they have to really feel that. And that's going to make a huge impact on them. And they're going to see the value in who you are as a coach because they're going to feel you holding the space for them. They're going to mm -hmm. feel you 
being there for them in a way that nobody else in their life is. And sometimes it could be their first time saying these things out loud. Totally. Totally. Which is the most powerful way for them to hear them. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they need to hear is themselves saying what they're saying out loud. And that's going to speak volumes to them more than anything you, you could say to them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So asking questions and listening is the most valuable part of the call. And then, you know, we talked about scripts. We talked about what to say. I would definitely do exactly what you do, Olivia, and have a post-it note. And, you know, once you've practiced your script enough, you know the basic flow of it. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have a discovery called Flow Script that, um, that I give out from time to time on, on social media. And I also give to my clients, which it's basically a workbook that takes you through the different parts of a discovery call. It mm-hmm. gives sample questions of each part of the discovery call. And what I tell people is pull out your favorite questions for each part of the discovery call and just put them on a post-it note. And when you're going through, just have those questions there. Not mm-hmm. because you're going to read them like a script, but because then they're there for you so that you know, oh, I'm going to ask this question next, you know, and, mm-hmm. and intuitively you'll get to a place where you'll be able to go through that call without any post-it note, without any support or, or, or help, but it's because you've practiced it enough. But until you get there, have a list of some questions that you, you like, that you really know, get some, some good um, conversation going and have those ready and just be willing to ask them and then sit back and listen because what yeah. they're going to say is what they need to hear. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. And then I would also say one of the best ways to overcome objections is overcome them before they overcome you. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning of the call, you know, you have your little, hey, welcome. Thanks so much for making time for this call. I'm really excited that you're interested in discovering if we'd be a good fit to work together. You know, I have one question for you. What would make this call a success for you? And then they tell you and then jump into some very intro questions like, you know, how does your, like, if you know that she's married, you know, how does your husband feel about you being on this call? Mm-hmm. Or does your husband know that you scheduled this call with me today? Um, how does he feel about these migraines that you've been suffering from? And where does he see the value in you fixing? You know, ask questions from the very beginning before they're on guard, because here's what's going to happen. If you wait until the very end to ask any of the husband questions, then they are already prepared to use that as their excuse. Because what people want to do, this goes back to the worthiness thing. When they start to feel worried about the end of the call, like, I know I want to work with her, but it's really scary to make this investment. They start thinking of ways that they can procrastinate and their fears start screaming at them. It's not Mm -hmm. because they don't want to work with you. It's they're afraid to say yes to working with you because this is new for them. This is something they've never done. So they'll look for, well, I've got to talk to my husband. Well, that's just a, that's just a delay. That's just a procrastinating tactic because really they know they want to say yes, they're afraid to. So they're going to use that as their excuse because their fears are screaming at them. Then they get off the Mm -hmm. call and what happens? They talk themselves out of it. Yeah. And you don't want to wait until the end when they're prepared to use it as an excuse. Break down the barriers from the beginning. How does your husband feel about you being on this call? Oh, he's so excited. He would love for me to heal my migraines. He would love for me to feel better. I get to spend more time with the kids. He and I could have date night and I, you know, it wouldn't be taking me out of my game when I get these really bad migraines. Hear everything they're saying from the beginning. And then those are their words. So when they get to the end and they're like, you know, I need to ask my husband, well, you know, I, I know that you said how excited your husband would be for you to, to find a, a solution to these migraines. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think he's going to say if you go ask him? And then it's more of a conversation. It's not, it's not them using their husband as an excuse. It's them remembering 
Oh, that's right. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So overcome the objection before the objection overcomes you by just having a conversation at the beginning of the call around the things that you think might come up and ask, you know, or if you decide this is a good fit, are you prepared to make this investment today? Ask them that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's totally fair. You're running a business Mm -hmm. and finding out the answers that, you know, because some people are like, well, I don't want to scare them away at the beginning. Well, what are you going to do? Try to try to convince them and, and trick them into working with you by the end of the call? That's not what this is about. That's yeah. not the right energy that you want to be in. Be fully transparent from mm-hmm. the get-go. This is a business. There is an energetic exchange and there's a monetary exchange that needs to happen to seal the deal for this business transaction. And, and you know, I, I don't even like using the word transaction because I don't feel that what we do as health coaches is, is transactional. I think mm-hmm. it's relational. But ultimately, there is that exchange that has to take place for you to agree to move forward. And I I think you should uncover that at the very beginning. Are they prepared to make the investment? Does their husband feel good about them being on this call? How do their kids feel about their migraines? And what would their kids say Mm -hmm. if they took some time to take care of themselves and, and really heal these migraines so that they could show up differently as their mom? So ask those questions at the beginning and overcome the objection before it overcomes you. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to start doing that for sure. And then I think one of the other really great ways, because then, you know, money is the biggest story on the planet, right? So everybody's like, what about the money objection? Well, again, you can ask some questions at the very beginning. Are you prepared to make this investment today? But I also think this comes back to a mindset thing. You know, I had one of my clients say this the other day. He was like, so then, you know, the whole call goes well. And then at the end, I just say, give me your money. (laughs) I said, well, I'd say that's probably part of the reason why the calls aren't going well, if that's what you say at the end of it. <laughs> and your mindset around that, is that your mindset that, that you're just saying, give me your money? Because we need to unpack that a little bit. We need to get clear on that. If that's how you're viewing it, then that's how it's coming across to the person. Right. And this isn't about, hey, this all went well, now give me your money. This is about, this went so well. I'd love to invite you to the opportunity to take this work with me to the next level. Mm-hmm. doesn't that feel so much different than, Hey, give me your money or Hey, yeah. you need to pay me X amount of dollars for this to happen. It's, it's all about your approach, your mindset, and how you use words to invite them to this opportunity. Invite, I'd love to invite you to make this investment in yourself and truly transform and change your life through our work together. How does that yeah. sound to you? And, and that's a totally different approach, a totally different energy that you're inviting them to work with you versus making it about, give me the money. And yep. that has more to do with us and our story and our approach to it than it does the end of the call being awkward and weird. So it's, it's more about you doing your own work around, you know, what that end of the call is about and how you want to invite somebody to that opportunity. But I really think that's what the close is all about. It's, it's, I like to do this, um, you know, I do this talk a lot in, um, in different groups and, and um, sales organizations where it's the sale versus the close. Mm. And the sale is what's always happening. You're always selling yourself in every blog post you write, in every Instagram post that you put up, in every story that you put on Facebook, in every group coach, like everything that you're doing, you're always selling yourself. The close is not when you say, all right, give me your money. It's when you invite that person to the opportunity to change their life by working with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and love that. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's great. Those are great. That's going to, that's so helpful. I wrote so many notes about that. <laughs> so I'll share <laughs> that with everyone. Um, okay, Nicole, this was amazing. Is there anything else that you want to add that you think might be helpful for our listeners? I think the most important thing that I always like to, to, to tell people is just don't ever forget that it's you that you're selling and there's no single person on this earth can, that can sell what you're selling because yeah. it's you and your energy and, and that's what people are attracted to. And mm -hmm. people want to buy a better version of themselves and they see it in you. Mm -hmm. And when people you buy sell stories, exactly, they don't buy products. Exactly. Or people. Exactly. Buy people. people buy from people. Mm-hmm. People buy from people. They want you to be real. They want you to be you. And they don't want you to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We all put ourselves in that category of like, I've got that. I got to have it. Like they don't want off because you're not approachable to them. You're mm -hmm. not real to them because they, you know, I told somebody the other day, I mean, I'm a sales coach, Olivia, and I avoid selling and I have some flops. Like I don't mm -hmm. always avoid selling. I love selling. It's one of my favorite things to do, but there's days where I'm like, I'm just not in the mood today. Or I don't want to, you know, we yeah. all have, we all have ups and downs. And the more that you're, this isn't about sharing every nitty gritty piece of yourself, but it's about being in your truth and being real. And one of my clients said, I love when you tell us stories about how you screw up sometimes and how you don't get the sale, because that makes me feel better about who I am, because I know that as good as you are at what you do, you still have times where you don't do it well also. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important for all of us to remember. They're not, you know, they're not looking to hire you as a, a, a weight loss coach because you've had a perfect experience with weight loss. Right. They're looking to hire you because you've had some flops with weight loss and you've had some ups and downs with it. And they want you to help them through their journey because they've experienced, you know, those same flops and ups and downs. And they know that you've been able to get through it and they want you to help them do the same. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I think that's the biggest learning curve for any type of business, um, but, or in business in general is it's never going to be perfect. No one is how they are on Instagram all the time. And when you have those struggles that, like you said, that's what you're, what you're going to learn from the most. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So how can we keep in touch with you, Nicole? Yes. So I am on Instagram at healthy steps with Nicole. My website is healthy steps with Nicole.com. And then I also have a private Facebook community, which I absolutely love. It's full of just so many amazing health and wellness coaches. And, um, it's a fun place to hang out and be. We're super supportive. We do trainings in there every week. Um, and that Facebook group is called Nicole's sales superstars. Um, and for anybody who would love to get a copy of my discovery call flow script, I would love to offer them that for free. So for any of your listeners who would like to get that, please send me a DM on Instagram, um, reach out to me through my, through my website, and I would be happy to send that to them. So yeah, again, we, can add that in the show notes. we can add that oh, in yeah, the show notes perfect. as well. Yeah, definitely let them know and, and send me a message and I will get that to them. Okay, perfect. And then one other thing, you do have a four-week group coaching program. Do you want to talk about that quickly? Yes, absolutely. So it's called the Simple Sales Solution, and it really is exactly that. Because when I was new to sales seven years ago, I did not want anything complicated. It overwhelmed me, and it actually prevented me from selling. So I developed this four-week program where we cover just the 
basic main aspects of sales that will get you out there selling and changing lives right now. And we start with the mindset of sales. We dive into discovery calls and we write our own scripts and practice them. We go through how to overcome objections. And then the final week is closing the deal and getting clients. And I love this program because it keeps it simple. It's very action oriented. So it gets people out there and selling right away. And it's a community of other people who are going through the same thing. And so we work together to get over some of these things that we know are holding us back. So by the end of the four weeks, you're moving and grooving and ready to get out there and change lives. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Okay. So all these links and whatnot are going to be in the show notes for you guys, but definitely this was just so amazing. You're such a wealth of knowledge. And I know that this was so helpful for me. So I know that for the listeners, it was just as helpful. So thank you so much for coming on, Nicole. And I will see you soon. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking sales. I nerd out on talking about sales. If there's ever anything I can do to help people, you know, really um, learn a little bit more about it so they can get out there and change the world. I'm always excited for those opportunities. So thank you for giving me that opportunity today. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye.